I'm your host, Alex Gray, and welcome to season two of the International Classroom Podcast, where we explore and celebrate the diversity and innovation of education around the world. In each episode, we bring you insights and discussions from experts and educators who share their invaluable experiences and the challenges they've faced and the solutions they've championed. Now, whether you're an educator, a student, or simply someone with a passion for lifelong learning, I invite you to join us on this journey. Now, today I have a very special guest with me. He's a pioneer and a leader in esports education with over 15 years of experience in teaching and developing innovative online courses and programs. He is the founder and director of Fraser Esports, a company that provides esports education and consultancy services to schools, colleges, and universities. He's also an education advisor for ESI, the global esports company that deals with esports news and events. And he is the BDM and QM Samurai founder at Queen Mary's College, where he oversees the delivery of the world's first online BTEC in esports in partnership with Pearson and the British Esports Association. He's none other than James Fraser Morrison. Now, before we start, a quick reminder. Make sure you follow us on your favorite streaming platforms to never miss an episode. And if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe and hit that like button. We appreciate your support and your feedback. Now on to the episode. James, uh, yeah, we'll crack in, dive into this. Thank you ever so much for joining me today on the International Classroom Podcast. Um, we connected over LinkedIn recently because I posted something about what I think is going to be a, a huge um component of education this year and even moving forward further and that is e-sports and someone very kindly sort of put us together uh, and we've been speaking a little bit then about e-sports and I am fascinated by what you are currently doing I think it's going to be of, of super super value to the listeners out there um, globally in terms of you know your journey into this and what the future of e-sports holds so before I steal any more of your thunder um <laughs> Could you just introduce yourself to, to the watchers, to the listeners? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. So my name is James Fraser Murison. Um, I have a multitude of hats. Uh, I am currently the business development manager at Queen Mary's College in Basingstoke, um, formerly a deputy head teacher, head of department, um, founder of the QM Samurai, which is our esports team, of which we have eight uh, separate competitions taking place. Um, I was very fortunate enough to be asked to write some of the first ever esports units for BTEC, uh, as a BTEC, sorry, for Pearson and the British Esports Federation, which is what's kind of hurtled me into this new career of mine. Um, fortunate enough to speak on behalf of Lenovo and Microsoft and HP on, on esports and education. Um, I'm now uh, an esports education advisor for ESI, Esports Insider, who are doing wonderful things, which I'll happily talk about as well. And finally, I am the um, founder director of my own company, Fraser Esports, which is specifically able to deliver certain parts of the esports BTEC into an online format only. And I'm hoping to target some of the 120, 130 odd home educated students um, with an esports education framework. Wow. When you, you weren't joking when you said you wore many hats. Uh, yes, this is why I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> no one's saying that. No one's saying no, that. Wow. All, these other, all, these, 
All the other educators out there, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. They're too polite to say it to you. So um, if we backtrack then, I mean, that mm-hmm. is, uh, you are you are well-placed to then talk about esports and how it's going. But really interested, how did you find yourself getting into esports? What inspired you to kind of go down that pathway? Um, well, having always been in, in education, um, I'm always, well, think I've always been relatively au fait with contemporary, engaging, exciting things that the students I teach have been involved in. And I am a gamer of sorts myself. I'm half decent at things like Warzone and Fortnite. I have a 10-year-old now, so he keeps me on my toes with with duos and Fortnite, which is pretty cool. Um, But for the last four or five years, when there's been relevant breaks in lessons, there's been a steady increase of students not you know, going out to a vending machine or getting some fresh air, ideally. Um, But more students over time moving to social media, YouTube, Twitch, to watch esports take place on their mobile or on their PC, competitive gaming or influencers involved in competitive gaming, Um, which kind of then made sense to me to proposition senior management by saying, why don't we put on an esports enrichment club? We've got some PCs here that are more than capable of running, you know, relatively basic games. Put that on. Let's see where we go with it. Um, funnily enough, proved to be incredibly popular for the one session we had. We only had 12 PCs at the time, um, but we'd have students wait an hour after school to, to just game with their buddies in the same room, uh, which is great. That led to an increase in putting on more slots of the same thing. And then I was approached by Pearson and the British Esports Federation, as I say, um, to play a small part in writing that qualification that was released in 2020 now, I think. And fast forward to where we are now, QMC is one of the largest providers of esports education in the UK. Um, We have 54 gaming machines. We have a yoga and a Pilates room. We have a shout casting editing room off the back of it. We have our own gaming arenas that I managed to secure £400,000 worth of grant for because it was unique at the time. Uh, it has kids' parties in it. It has boot camps in it, et cetera, et cetera. And, and you know, something that was a relatively easy sell because it made a lot of sense because of what people were interested in um, is kind of where we find ourselves now, really. Yeah, my, uh, my do- I've got a 10-year-old, so my daughter's just turned, not long turned 10, and uh, she had her birthday party in November, and there was about 20 kids, and it was a VR, so this virtual headset, <laughs> yeah. sort of war zone arena, and I was just like, you were, we were sat just watching them all on screens as they're moving around, pretending, you know, to, to fire, and it was a Christmas-themed one, it was just phenomenal and yeah i can see the birthday parties going on and kids being massively involved in that again she wants to do up on on fortnite um but from this is the thing isn't it from educators we can unless you're seeing it if you're out on the outside you might be a little bit skeptical but obviously you've got you've got pearson's now you've got this online this b-tech in esports that is the front runner and first of its kind you know, what yeah. are the skills then? What are the knowledge that students are taking from this from so from an educational perspective? Well, I mean, well, so there's kind of two sort of ways of looking at it. There is the traditional school college approach of the esports qualification, which is the face to face X amount of students in a classroom and then teacher at the front teaching, um, which is how I started doing that and built an esports department from there. Um, what Fraser Esports can do, which is kind of what you're, you're also saying as well, 
I take that and put it into the online format. So it encourages more people that are homeschooled, home educated for whatever ever reason, still have an opportunity to learn about an industry that's going to be worth $1.5 billion next year. It makes more money than the film and the music industry combined in the UK. So the whole purpose of, of however you, you know, consume that educational piece is because it's about understanding that industry and that business. I will always say to senior leaders up and down the country or abroad or whatever, this is not a gaming course. I'm not, my staff and I, other teachers, we're not gonna make you better gamers. Um, we will make you understand the business and the industry and the mental and physical aspects of it far better, but we're not gonna make you better gamers. It's not a gaming course. It's about preparing students for skills needed in the workplace, the future workplace. The, um, I mean, I use this, this line a lot, but that's because it's pretty good. It's the World Economic Forum says that 2025 and 2030, skills employers are looking for are logistics, team building, problem solving and communication. Well, if you're doing esports and you're gaming and you're doing so with, with your friends and your buddies and your colleagues, then all of those things will will be prevalent and they will they will be evident for you for people to use and demonstrate if you're a gamer on your own you're already doing problem solving and logistics and you do that from i don't know if you're a four-year-old five-year-old with a switch or an ipad at home um and gamification has always been a way to secure um positive dividends from when you're a toddler and you're trying to get a you know a star-shaped piece of plastic into a square hole and then you know the rewards that come from that and and all of that it's this is a new way of of doing that um and our jobs as teachers is to prepare students for this industry and this industry that's so big and huge at the moment happens to be esports and gaming and it's not going to go away anytime soon so let's no, be ahead of it no, yeah i completely agree with it and and with that then obviously You've got an educational provider at one side. You've then got an edtech provider with Microsoft and, and others in, in one side. And then you've got the esports industry on the other side. What are the challenges you face with that? Because there's three different entities there that potentially want three different outcomes from this. You know, how do you how do you go about managing that to be the best thing for the students or, or the teachers? Um, I mean, it's by far the most exciting and the best thing I've ever done within education is to try and keep on top of this and deliver this because it's a rare moment in educational history where something is engaging it is contemporary um, relevant and dare i say fun and to get all of those things into a qualification is amazing right and hats off to everyone involved in that it isn't a perfect qualification there are still some things that can be adjusted and amended but i don't know of any perfect qualification this is new still and shiny um and we are constantly having to i wouldn't say battle but reassure schools colleges principals head teachers that this isn't a gaming course and that just because you don't necessarily know what esports is or you're not a gamer or you never were doesn't mean that you can dismiss this outright we have x amount of students in the course here at qmc that are stem students um, a few that will be russell group university based they will do this with an ancient history qualification and business or psychology or French or further maths and esports. Um, 
and that's great because why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to be involved in that why you know why wouldn't you um want to be something that's so important yes you've got there are x amount of people who say that the esports community um is a scary place to be involved in or a bit wild westy it is yeah but so is an awful lot of other things and that's not a reason to not want to engage and do it and do it well um the likes of HP and Lenovo and Microsoft, they're all trying to do their own thing and they're all trying to kind of get the same amount of eyes on their product as opposed to others. Again, let's use that to our advantage as educators and facilitators. Um, as long as everyone is, is kind of safe and everyone is doing it for the right reasons and everyone is learning as they go, learning by failing upwards or learning by doing, then then these are good reasons to have a qualification like that in place and, and work with people, I think. Yeah, I agree. Have you had a, a stream of students who have completed the course now? Who have gone yeah, through and so my first, uh, just to make me feel even older, my first set of graduates, if you will, left uh, a year and a half ago on the, what was a single eSports BTEC, so that's worth one A-level. And then my first ever triple BTEC students, extended diploma students, left last summer. And they are in a variety of traditional universities, universities with eSports degrees, um, employment straight off, some in eSports or apprenticeships. Um, yeah, because I think I was going to say yeah. that's always isn't the, the higher education, the leaders that you say, the people that don't really know, uh, that's always the biggest concern. It's like, how are we going to use this? How, how is this applicable? How are we going to, you know, exactly. how does this transition into higher education? And, and the fact is now you've got a case study to use, haven't you? You've got evidence to show that these students can still go on to Russell groups and, and all sorts of different universities yeah. and be successful. Exactly that. And, you know, I, if you want to be involved in the esports industry, then although it is difficult to do so for the reasons obviously explained, you aren't probably going to be involved as a player in the same way that, um, well, when, when I was their age, so a good 25 years ago, um, if you played football, you know, amateur, semi-pro, well, you played for the first team on a Wednesday afternoon, you were more than likely still be involved. If you were going to be involved in the football industry at 20, 25, 30, you would probably be a scout or a coach or a manager or, or I don't know, something like that. You were high, It was unlikely that you would go all the way and end up in the Premier League and the Premiership. <clears throat> it is unlikely, although doable, that you will become a professional esport player you might, <clears throat> um, but if not, what esports also offers you is a whole load of different careers involving esports, such as social manager, social media manager, creating your own LAN events, being a coach, being a dietitian, being an organised host, shoutcaster, commentator. Uh, the whole legal and ethical side of it, esports players and transfers go for millions in some cases, much like you know footballers so they need lawyers they, they, there are ethics involved and dare I say moral issues as there are and should be in many things um, so you know there's lots of opportunities other than people just going well he's not going to be a pro player she's not going to make the level it doesn't work like that now for those of us that are listening there I'm just going to reiterate the fact you did say dietitian didn't you <laughs> yes yes I'm not a good example of that look at me but um, <laughs> yeah I mean it, you know if, we, if you take esports as a sport uh, which I do then the difference between gold and silver in the Olympics and a sprint are 
marginal gains, their split seconds, their technique, their whatever, whatever. If you want to be a pro player, then more often than not, it will come down to marginal gains, either single, duo, teams of five, whatever, making sure you're all on point at the same time doing your roles. And it will come down to practice, practice, practice. It will come down to sleeping properly. It will come down to when you sleep. It will come down to what you eat. There are many people who have an idea of what an esports player looks like. And to a certain degree, they might be right. Um, but there's also, you know, some Sunday league footballers who aren't exactly athletes either. The best of the best of the best are the ones who are that for a reason. And that is because they do the, the sensible things and the right things consistently well. With yeah, my diplomatics. My other hat. Very diplomatic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned this, and I pulled out that point because a lot of more of the films coming out now that my kids are watching and we're watching as kids, it's like the hook for the teenager type of storyline is about esports or someone who's a gamer, that, that, that tag. And I remember them saying about this, about people's roles can be about nutrition. And they pulled exactly the same thing that most people of our age when thinking about gamers, unfortunately, have a stereotypical view of a slightly larger than you know normal person sat behind a keyboard not moving out of the yeah. basement with you know those slushies smelling of because uh, that's how monster energy drinks yeah. and and links africa other drinks are available but uh, <laughs> yeah and, and there will be something like that you know uh, there will be people yeah. who will go to oxbridge you know they'll go to cambridge or oxford oxbridge universities and also never pick up console in their life but also smell of links africa and monster energy drinks and go on and be very happy and very successful there it is. There you go. That is like exactly, exactly. The Sunday, the Sunday footballer, the Sunday league made me made me chuckle. <laughs> I remember guys. I remember guys just with the cigarettes just in the mouth, just yeah. in the warm up. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Or half time. Yeah, but exactly. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then we just just absolutely do you all game, as in like yeah. just completely boss it. And then so it, it looks can be deceiving. That's the part. Looks can be deceiving. Um, and speaking of that, you mentioned the fact that you look exceptionally tired. I think you look pretty good for a, a Thursday evening time. Um, going. <laughs> Thanks, with, we should have back to <laughs> <laughs> make everyone else feel good. It's all great. Yeah, no, um, well, considering how many hats you wear, you know, I would expect you to be crawling to this, but you seem uh, enthusiastic. Oh, you know, I don't give it away. It's there's an enthusiasm and passion that definitely comes across when you're speaking about this, but you do have a lot of roles. You, you know, you've got the director of Fraser Esports, you've mentioned now your company, head of education, you've got, you know, the, the, the samurai, you know, Queen Mary's College, you've got loads going on, you know, all in this educational sphere plus outside it's like how do you go about balancing those roles now i want to just take 30 seconds of your time to talk about our sponsor deep professional and the courses they have for educators now the teachers i've spoken with they want to use chat gpt but their schools aren't offering training and they don't know where to start and that leaves them often feeling completely overwhelmed as educators we need a clear straightforward guide through this landscape and that's why Deep developed Getting Started with ChatGPT for Educators. It's a comprehensive course designed specifically for educators like you seeking real understanding step by step. Imagine turning the confusion around AI into clarity and transforming that fear into creative teaching methodologies. And with this course, you'll learn how to integrate AI into your curriculum, engage students in innovative ways, and utilize ChatGPT to enhance learning experiences. So, if you're ready to upgrade your teaching methods and empower your students with AI knowledge, join me on this journey. You can enroll today at coursesdeepprofessional.com. The link is in the description and you can get started with teaching AI. 
back to the episode. Uh, sometimes not well. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I'm late for that meeting and I'm late and I turn up thinking it's for some other company or whatever. whatever. Um, no one is forcing me to do any of these things. So I do them because I genuinely have an interest and a passion for, for them. Um, I am very fortunate enough to have these opportunities because I hope I work hard and I hope I'm, you know, competent enough to demonstrate I can give things back to these companies as well. Um, but also there are times I'll be able to link several of the jobs together. So my, my role that's been announced this week, um, depending on obviously when this goes out, I'm an a, a education advisor for Esports Insider, who are this global company, amazing company who deal with esports events and various other bits and bobs. But They've got a they've got an event in the first week of March um, at Oxford University, uh, Oxford uh, that Oxford. So esports insider next gen Oxford because even Oxford University recognise that esports is a thing and have been going quite competitively for a number of years now. And yes, they do have a good rivalry with Cambridge. Um, so with my ESI hat on. I am asking several schools and colleges to come along and see esports in an education capacity, speak to teams and organisers, trying to put something together with traditional football teams to come along um, and have a conversation about traditional sport versus esports. Um, and I also get to talk about how esports and education has been really beneficial to my students here at QMC over the years. So when I'm lucky, all of these roles kind of go together quite nicely. Um, next week, I'm at Pocket Gamers at the start of the week in London. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm speaking on behalf of Lenovo at BET because I can share everything I got wrong before I got right. And then hopefully people get more of the right stuff right. Um, but it's a great time to be involved in this industry for that. And I'm very fortunate to do so. Um, and when I'm really lucky, I can have ideally one meeting that covers many bases and many hats. <laughs> and then we kind of go, go from there, really. Oh, fantastic. Uh, so I imagine you're going to talk at these events. And if it was me, I would have two questions and two kind of things, you know, that I'm interested in. And so mm -hmm. one would be like, if I'm the senior leader and you, you're going to probably going to ask this as you go to these is how do you measure the impact? Like we're seeing these things. How are we going to measure the impact and the effect of this on one hand? And then I'm also the other teacher who in myself, I have just started up an esports little club for my, for my students in secondary and they love a little bit of Mario Kart, but I'm like, well, how do I move that on? What are, you know, what am I doing so that it covers those extra things like the manager and the social media? So they're not just there playing on a game literally, but getting the other parts of it. So what would you say to those? You've got two, two opposing people coming at you at bet in terms of the senior leader and the teacher you know, what would be your answers to the, those questions that they might ask you? Um, there's, there's several ways of looking at it. Um, and the, the easy one or the crude one is to say to senior leaders, um, I can work with you and develop you something that ultimately gives you bums on seats. Bums on seats means there's money. If it's, if it's you know, X amount per kid, on a seat over a two year period, then that is income. Now they can do that and it happens to be something that is exciting, engaging, as I say, contemporary and relevant. So why would you not want to do that? Um, if, you know, if there was a huge, um, I don't know, clamor for 
Amazon, Google, um, Elon, where everyone is saying, God, everyone's got to do knitting or crochet. We need more of that globally. Well, eventually, we're going to have to teach them that, right? We're going to have to prepare them for 2030, 2035, this huge kind of, you know, we need wool. We need more wool in our lives. Okay, well, then let's have an education framework that is relevant. You wouldn't say no to that. Um, That would be mad. Um, So all we're doing is... We're giving you the framework that's already been established through Pearson and, and, as I said, the British Esports Federation. And we're allowing you to put that in place with all the work that other people have done. And you're also giving them digital skills, much needed digital skills for the workplace, um, essential skills. I hate soft skills. I hate people who say soft skills. It's so sort of detrimental. So I try and crowbar in essential skills where I can. Um, and those are really good reasons to prepare students for, for this type of qualification, right? Um, and if you're, if you're kind enough or brave enough to put on an hour a week and you've only got a couple of switches, um, Nintendo switches, and you can only play a few games of Mario Kart, great. Just do that. That'll be wicked. Kids will enjoy it and kids will turn up. Um, and if you want to kind of expand into BTEC land or other qualifications like that, then look at the specification and... As I said at the start, my you know a year or two ago, my esports department was made up of uh, well, one myself who has a, an English background, uh, one who has only ever taught business, uh, a sports teacher, and two creative media teachers. And we all called ourselves esports teachers because we were, and we just divvied up the units that were relevant to each skill set. There is no esports teacher per se, despite what I call myself on social media. Um, we are learning with, with, with them, with those students, because the qualification is still pretty new. But we're doing it with a, a business focus or a sports focus or a creative media focus. Amazing. I'm, I'm excited just from listening to you. Um, <laughs> and that was going to it was going to be one of my questions in terms of, right, there's global, there's global. I'm, I'm going to try and sound really good here. There's global people <laughs> listening to this podcast. Everyone around the world. Hello, Hello, Hello yeah. people. Good. Uh, the, you know, there we go. <laughs> it sounds, it sounds good. <laughs> Call, me. <laughs> Call me global people. Yeah. And that's what I was going to get to in terms of I'm sitting here, I'm in Dubai. It's a massive thing here. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's getting that way in terms of some of the esports competitions that recently went on, I think, before Christmas down in Abu Dhabi. It's like, and I'm listening to this thinking, right, I think this would be a great contribution to the syllabus to the curriculum we've got you know yep. my 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 new role next year it's already known everyone knows i'm going to be a head of sixth form at school leading head of sixth form i'm like this would be a great fit is it one of those courses yeah exactly is it is it available may i now uh, say maybe? how equally refreshed and young you look too oh well, thank you thank you uh <laughs> It's the lighting, as, as I've been told numerous times. Soft lens. Your lighting's, yeah, your lighting's really good. Well, yeah, it's because I've got, yeah, yeah, soft lens, Sony's, Sony's, yeah. Um, but is it is it available? They do have a soft skin function on, by the way. So I'm hoping yeah, it's doing right, its job. Okay. Um, <laughs> is it is it available? If I'm a teacher, I'm yearning, I want to get my hands on this. I want to put it into my school. I'm in an international classroom. I'm putting you on the spot now. Is it is it available worldwide? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's different ways of doing it. You can do it through the international Pearson BTEC. There's other qualifications. There's bespoke white-labeled stuff that be created. There's leadership packages. It can be crowbarred into existing business or creative media packages. You can start with just an enrichment or collegiate kind of approach. There's loads of different different ways of doing it. And I would encourage anyone to at least have a look at it 
Um, and if you're a senior, senior leader, then, then yeah, let's have that chat and let me convince you because ultimately, why wouldn't you? And you're probably not the ones that are going to be delivering it anyway. So, you know, let's, let's have a conversation about why it's relevant and what it can bring you. And if, and if you don't want to, don't. <laughs> that's the other thing I say to people, isn't it? If you don't want to do it, don't do it. Um, but that's my same approach. Really. If you don't want to teach or introduce, you know, German back into your syllabus for whatever reason, then don't. If you do, great. Uh, those are two pretty good reasons, really. No, no, agreed. And so, no, and no excuses now from anyone out there. You know, it, it is available. <laughs> get your hand, get your hands on it. Go and do it. And as uh, yeah. James has said, call him. Call him. We'll put your details. Yes, details will be available. Yes, please. I need a tan. Um, Goodness, look at me. I need a tan. I need some sunshine. That's it. There we go. We'll 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 find a way to get you out to the Middle East. Thank and, you. Uh, you can drop some knowledge bombs on these uh, these teachers okay. that are so curious about it. Um, oh, amazing. So speaking of that, then it's like there are lots of things to get excited about about esports, even just talking about it and, and everything else that's going on. Um, what are the things that like the trends and innovations um, that you're excited or curious about in that field? Um, well, one of my other hats, which I don't think I've mentioned yet, is um, I work for Yo-Yo Tech and Yo-Yo Tech are an esports arena company. And about a year and a half ago, two years ago, they, they just did B2C stuff, really, where they, they made amazing gaming machines, excuse me, and they delivered them to people who wanted gaming machines, right? And they did a bit of B2C, B2B. Uh, and a fine gentleman called Jeremy uh, from, from Yo-Yo Tech Enterprise Way, who's five miles down the road from here, we ended up having this conversation. As I said, I won quite a lot of money to build an arena post-16 education, first in the UK. So I reached out to them and that created a lot of, of kind of hype and whatever. And so I'm excited about what's happened now with them, where they've gone and built arenas for Newcastle United or Media City in Manchester. There's been a conversation with Wrexham, those cheeky chaps in Wrexham, though they're a bit busy at the moment, um, winning Emmys, I think, from Netflix. Um, and normal schools, traditional schools, international schools, boarding schools that are now looking at putting in an arena, 16, 20 gaming machines. You get fancy ones where they disappear in the desk and it turns into a STEM classroom all because it's gearing up for this this kind of new way of office life. It's very, really exciting, really exciting. So from an educational perspective, that's quite cool to see more and more people with each passing academic year go less about what the hell is esports, but more of a, how can I use this in my curriculum? How do I use this in my school? So that's quite cool because, as I say, I've sort of watched that unfold at the start and lucky to be a part of that. From a more kind of traditional answer to that to that question, um, there's an alleged esports winter taking place, um, as there are with many other companies globally, where you're looking at kind of staff layoffs or things like that, unfortunately. But there is always the joy and excitement of seeing more and more people get involved with competitions, more and more people watching. I think more people watch the League of Legends finals again last year than the Super Bowl and the World Cup final, right? Nuts. So I always say to people, how can that, you have something that's worth so much money and yet still be niche at the same time. It's, it's mad. Um, so I look forward to having those conversations. Um, and also just watching kind of it, it, it slowly get some of the positive recognition it deserves because 
We're also able to do things for students that might have an EHCP or their um, SEND students. I'm talking specifically about the UK and those acronyms and titles will be something different abroad, I guess. But now they've got an involvement and they've got a passion and they've got a place. Um, we've created some really great online safe spaces for the LGBTQAI plus community uh, in Minecraft. Um, you look at what Unreal Engine is doing now with Fortnite and the fact that you can be your own game designer now to a very high high level using things like, as I say, Unreal or Unity. Um, and that really exciting thing for me is the sheer scope and excitement of what Lego Fortnite has done in the two months oh, yeah. that Lego and Fortnite buddied up. It is, I'm, I will quite happily spend a couple of hours wandering around my own little Lego world, hanging out with Lego buddies, um, building, because it's just nice. And you can turn that yeah. into problem solving and logistics and uh, a, you know, an easy subject on physics and whatever. It, it's, you know, I don't think we realize quite how lucky we all are to have it just there and then. So there you go. Yeah, that, no, that's amazing. It's got me racking my brain because that's always the thing, isn't it? Like the advice we can give. You've got these wonderful platforms, mm -hmm. and but there's not, I think it's a niche thing of people out there know how to implement it and actually embed it successfully to get something out of it. Like I look at it as a scientist. And as soon as you say physics, I'm just like, ah, even though I'm not a physicist, but it might be how could I incorporate this, this time of game-based learning or gamification or this platform to create something and and that for me is the connect the interconnect that's currently missing in teacher development you know in terms of having someone who can show look this is how you can do it it's this simple but there just isn't because there's yeah. not enough people there, out there. there'll be people going i'm a physics teacher uh, i'm a math teacher but i'm not a gamer hmm. well if you're if you're deemed as to be that academically smart then you can cope with a lego player and four buttons that's all we yeah. four buttons maybe five but yeah. you know, it's not. We're not, not. You're not asking to redeploy or create Deep Blue here. We're asking you to pick up a controller <laughs> and move a Lego character around and build a hut. That's it. Yeah, that's it. I'm not a gamer. Like I, we have bits here. I'm not a gamer. I'm not someone who I, I can. I do bits. Like I play a bit of FIFA. We've got our our PlayStation. My daughter, as I said, ten year old, massive into it. And it's so funny that you mentioned League of Lego League of Legends because she loves the song. And funnily enough, yeah. we were home at, Christmas, home at Christmas and her uncle, like, and then bear in mind, there's a 20 year age gap here between the two of them, give or take. And she's singing this song and he's like, how do you know that? And she's like, oh, it's one of my favorite songs. It's from League of Legends. And he's like, I love that game. He took her up. He's got a proper gaming setup. Has he? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, come and have a look at this. And she was like, <laughs> and this is then the worst thing. She's like, dad, can I? can I get one of those? And I'm like, maybe when you're older, <laughs> just the expense, the expense part. But and I think that's the, be the beauty of it. Like we're talking here and, and I'm going to just going to generally say this as, as relatively young looking middle-aged men, but we're talking here, um, you know, both, we're both, we're both there, no. um, about connecting with students who 30 years and, and things coming back in, like you've got, just as an example, my wife went and picked up like Sonic, like classic yeah. Sonic to play. Yeah. And my, my kids were like, and so you kind of miss that point where there's a huge like connection that can take place between these games with different generations of people and sharing stories and tactics and, and learning that can really take place. So I find that fascinating. I'm, the, I'm yeah, I'm in the same boat. If I, if I talk to my son on the way, well, not when, if I talk to my son, when I talk to my son on the way, <laughs> I say, how was your day? I'm excited. And I'll get, yeah, fine. Whatever. Yeah, cool. Fine. Yep. Can't remember. 
okay, fine. I tried. Uh, let's find a crowbar. And say, right, what do you think of the new Fortnite skin? Or what do you think Ali A's up to on YouTube? He's like off his way. Because funnily enough, if you talk to kids about something they're passionate about, they will not stop talking. So my job is to, as a dad, is to find out something they're interested in. And, you know, as I will quite happily spend hours, you know, in the lounge building Lego with him. And the same way I'll quite happily, what, for as long as he lets me anyway, because he's slowly getting better than me and it's worrying, I will quite happily drop in into a Fortnite world with him and run around, eat bananas and build a castle type thing. So... <laughs> Yeah, love it. And then we've got another connection on top of all the others and a lovely little bonding experience. Um, yeah, and it, it, yeah, these are all good things. These are memories that I, I'm already cherishing. Um, but he doesn't game, you know, he's 10, but he doesn't game at 11 p.m. or 3 a.m. He doesn't no. get the smell of Lynx Africa, and nor will he, because <laughs> everything needs to be done in the right way. If you want to run a marathon, there's not a single person on the planet who will tell you that, you run a marathon every day and you'll be brilliant. Your body will explode. Of course it will. Yeah. You've got to do the right things in the right way. But. Yeah, and that leads us kind of nicely onto this question and about debunking some myths um, that people have and common misconceptions about it as well. So, you know, we've, we've tackled a few, haven't we, already? But, you know, are there things out there about esports that we just, you know, would be good to kind of just go, look, it's a bit of a myth in terms of like, the nutritional side of one or that actually, you know, sitting and playing for 10 hours straight is good for you. Uh, those types of things um doing anything over and over again is is is, is this one or two this either it's not practice makes perfect it's good to practice makes perfect or it'll be extremely damaging um in the same way that you know playing football a couple of times or you know every day is great playing football eight hours straight every day not good. Um, so there's got to be the right type of rest and the right type of kind of stimulation from other areas as well. You know, drinking properly, sleeping properly, um, eating properly. Um, Myths-wise, um, it's addictive. We, yes, to a point. So lots of other things. You know, running can be addictive. Um, it's it's about balance, etc. Um, it makes you violent. Nope. There's not. There's. A, you know, there's more and more surveys with each passing day of sensible people who will say there is no commonality there at all. Um, and I'm to probably put a disclaimer there or asterisk or whatever, but because um, there isn't, but fine. Uh, I don't have the money to, to be sued either. So there's, there's those types of things. Um, and, you, you know, we've also got to understand that one of the, the greatest pleasures I ever had uh, as a child was making mixtapes either for myself or the girlfriend I was definitely going was to marry say, when I was either <laughs> not or whatever um, and that was being creative and that was a certain amount of kind of logistics and it was problem solving to a point but it was my world and my parents weren't involved in that and I listened to my music on my CD player in my head and I was the happy little bunny no problem well I had my own language then I had I don't know what was I? Some like cowabunga or something awful like that, right? So now these students and young people, based on the technology they've got their hands on, including, you know, smartphones, et al., they're empire builders, right? They talk their own language. You know, if something isn't a problem, then they will write NP in a chat because why the hell would you want to write no problem? Uh, we, yeah. we, 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 we have okay right yeah. so they can have NP they can have in real life IRA. Well, I don't mind I've got to learn it I've got to stay on top of it for those reasons but um, 
They they are empire builders. I've got two screens in front of me, much like yourself, I'd imagine. Dirty, dirty. There, these guys will whiz around and be on their phone and close this and tuck this and do this and they will empire. We're not very good as a generation and generations older than us to recognise that that is a talent to a certain degree, and there needs to be as much pivot up top to respect and understand what they're doing in terms of the skills they're learning and tell them that they're learning skills in the same way that they occasionally will have to meet us in the middle as well. Um, so, yeah. No, I think that's an important point you've raised because like we have it in school. I'll give you an example here. It's like, I hate using the textbook. Uh, and yep. so I won't, or if I do, I'll use the ebook. So I'll have a PDF online. I'll pull it down. But from a generational perspective, looking down, they're like, well, this is what we did. My son daughters should also have that because it's understanding or knowing the difference. And you've just hit that nail on the head is that we look at students or our own children and the amount of time they have on screens and devices and doing. And, and like you said, and, and I think actually someone on my LinkedIn did post this in terms of there is no connection between, you know, a lack of, so I think it was like, whatever the, again, I'm going to give it a fluffy one just in case, but yeah. there isn't a connection between the screen time and a lack of learning. No, and I think it kind of came out of COVID studies. Um, uh, and so it's understanding those points, isn't it? The world we live in. And, and I think people's conversations, even around AI and the impact that might have, and I say might, it's no guarantee in terms of however no. many people pick it up, you know, but it's the same with this, isn't it? In terms of being appreciative of the skill sets um, that our students yeah. are learning. And I, lo I love that term you made, empire building. I think that's great. I'm going to steal that one. It's great. <laughs> no problem at all. Um, I mean, once once we've gotten out of bed, then we are guilty that we will sit on the sofa and watch something on Netflix. 20 minutes of it has passed by. We've not spoken to each other on the other end of the sofa, but I have managed to update my LinkedIn, like something on Instagram, <laughs> do something on X. It's like, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. And that is after I've done an entire day of being on screens like this. So my son doesn't have that at school because, you know, they're not allowed mobile phones and they might have one iPad in a class of 30 or whatever. His screen time might be two hours in a day. God knows he'd like more. And that includes morning and the afternoon and evening. Mine's yeah. seven or eight hours minimum every day, you know? So, and when I get home, whatever. So, you yeah, know, it's, it's, yeah, checks, balances, swings, roundabouts and other cliches. Uh, all those things all that oh, jazz there we go there's another all that, one yeah, yeah. perfect perfect so let's let's wrap this up then because you've mentioned i've got a few few questions a few final ones just to i think i'm going to be interesting ones for you um so in terms of you you've obviously numerous different hats numerous different roles but what are some of the personal and professional goals that you've got and have got set you've got all these different companies all these different educational components going on what are your goals and, and wants for this year ahead so I, I've never had my own business because I've always been in education. So Fraser Esports is relatively new. Do I know what I'm doing? Mm, to a certain degree, I think. Could I do it better? Yes. Uh, could I take help and advice from anyone? Yes, please. Um, but its aim is to provide esports education to everyone, anyone who wants it. Okay. So that's why I'm, I'm pushing for international schools, online schools, home educated students. So they have that opportunity similar to mainstream students. So I'm very fortunate that November I went out to South Korea and December I, I was in Atlanta, Barcelona next month. So I'm lucky to go and talk to people to do this. I want to do more of that. I want to help consult and build and train and develop 
uh, an empire build, if you will, I guess. Um, so I'm excited by that. Absolutely petrified at the same time, but excited too. Um, and with Yo-Yo Tech and ESI and QMC, you just want to keep pushing them forward in, in the ways that I hopefully can. And again, kind of say, you know, esports and education, if it's not for you, you don't have to do it, but give me a chance. Give me a shout. Let's see. Yeah. Let's speak to these kids that have been there and done it now. And, you know, they, they will be happy with the output. Yeah, definitely. And as I said in the earlier go, um, we will link all your details and so people can get in contact with you and hopefully you know, learn a little bit more and get the skills and, and details they need to, to push that forward. Um, so let, let's wrap this up about you. Let's, let's look at you and your, your esports. Favorite esports game? Favorite esports game. Um, I liked uh, like if I've got the time, which is a rare thing. I like to be able to sit down and watch a League of Legends game, knowing that for twenty minutes, bugger all's going to happen, and then it all kicks off. That's quite fun. Fast-paced stuff. I will take Apex or or things like Warzone, Counter Strike. Um, mainly because that's more akin to the type of thing that I enjoy doing, but also because it's so fast-paced and quick and exciting, then I like that. Um, and I'm 42, but I'm absolutely in love with Fortnite. I think it's a genius game. Um, and it's not perfect, but the things you can do and how beautiful it looks, and it's like really quite rich tapestry of storylines I've had to learn because of my son. It's pretty clever stuff, you know? So, so yeah, those, those, are, my, those are my kind of go-tos, I would say. Yeah, my daughter's just got, we've just allowed her onto it. And I watched it and I was like, this is just like Free Guy, as in like yeah. the film. Yeah, the yeah. So yeah, it just yeah, reminds yeah. me, just reminds me perfect of that. And my wife was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, it really does. It really does. Yeah. All right, last last one, last Go one. On. For those those aspiring esports individuals who want to get into the level of esports or professionals, um, what advice would you give them for those people who are wanting to pursue a career in the esports industry? Uh, I, mean, I mean, this is an easy one in the sense that <laughs> this is the advice I've given every student, most of them might listen to me, uh, for 10 years <laughs> easy in a sense that two things, turn up on time all of the time and work your ass off. So I suppose that's three things, I suppose, but the same, same one. Uh, turn up on time all the time, work your ass off, right? Um, apologies for any swearing. Um, because... If you can't do that at college, you're going to struggle to get a half-decent recommendation for me for employment or employers. And if you don't turn up for employers, you won't be employed for long. Um, those, you know, those are pretty age-old, pretty age-old pieces of advice, right? The other thing is, if you, your, you know, your social media outpouring, or moments of regret, uh, or sadness, or silliness at 3am more and more companies will look you up online why wouldn't you we look teachers up online on their social media presence right everyone does that okay if you haven't got a closed account or a locked account then it's fair game right if you want to go and work in the esports and you you know you want to be a pro player or a shoutcaster or an editor and you're trying to get a job that you know 2,000 4,000 people are also trying to get and you get as far as being looked at online and you have written some things you shouldn't have done, then for the love of all things holy, stop doing that, okay? Because there's loads of reasons why. So, you know, it's not earth-shattering advice, but as I say, don't, don't do those things. 
don't do those things or at least delete them uh, is probably the other thing because if I can see them so can others yeah def- I completely agree mine is uh, early is on time on time is late yeah I can live with that yeah 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 I'm, I'm on board with yeah. that Knowing that I was two yeah. minutes late for this, so I do apologise. But um, <laughs> but um, still, very good advice. Yes, absolutely. That. Yeah. Well, James, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, speaking and learning from you. I feel like I've, I've learned a lot, and I can go and go and speak to my kids now and look like I know what I'm doing. Um, so on that side, really appreciate it, and I can only wish you all the best for 2024. Um, I for definite will be singing your praises out here and working and doing all I can to get you out. I think there's a community here that would, that would greatly uh, appreciate and absorb everything you have to offer from it. So, you know, watch this space. We'll see see if we can get, but other than that, appreciate your time today. It's been a fantastic chat and uh, wish you all the best for this year. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.